Hey, it is a, a pleasure to bring this gentleman to the stage that I'm bringing up here, Mr. Don Crum. Go ahead and come on up here. He did a seminar for us yesterday, and he told us that the full teaching was 30 hours. He gave us three minutes of it. And have you ever been to an ice cream shop and say, hey, can I taste that? And they give you that little spoon, and you get that little spoon, and that's all you get, and you're going like, that's not enough. I need like two or three gallons of this. That's kind of the way I felt when we were done. I was like, I don't want the little spoon. I want more of it. So... Uh, Don has been a good friend for a while. Love this guy very, very much, and he's going to be bringing a word, I believe, that's going to change us. How about that? Thank you, Pastor Chris. Good morning, everybody. I want to thank uh, Pastor Chris, Apostle Sam, for uh, the privilege of being here with you this morning. We did have a great day yesterday. It was kind of fast, but it was good. And uh, it's always an honor to be back here with you and appreciate the trust. I was just, Sherry and I were just talking on the way over here. <clears throat> we were just kind of thanking the Lord for Apostle Sam and all the nations that he has impacted, as well as Pastor Chris. I've actually drug him through the jungles of West Africa all by myself. And so <clears throat> just to know your heart <clears throat> for the nations is just a, <clears throat> a very great encouragement. So this morning, I want to share a couple of things with you. Uh, first of all, if we had had the picture of those three Russian or Soviet hats projected up there, I took a picture of these, but the hats are actually here on the front stage. <clears throat> uh, honey, I was looking at this. We desperately need a new coffee table. <laughs> that is like early American ghetto or something. I don't know what that is. But I never even really paid attention until I looked at this picture. I just set these hats on there, and I'm going, we need an update, an update real bad. Anyway, these Russian hats or these Soviet hats have a, a story behind them, but I actually brought the hats themselves here to give you an opportunity after the service to just come by here to the altar, lay your hands on these, just kind of not in a weird way, but sort of a point of contact in prayer to pray for the present situation in Russia that's going on. And uh, so let me give you the backstory of what happened and how I came about these, uh, these hats. I know Brother Sam was going into Russia quite a bit, as was I, after the wall came down. Uh, you remember when President Ronald Reagan uh, made his famous speech at the Brandenburg Gate, uh, what would that have been, 1982 or 81, sometime around that time period. And he made the statement that was not even written in his speech notes. He added it at the last minute, much at the chagrin of some of his close staff men who said, Mr. President, that would not be good to make that statement at this time, at this place. And what the statement was, was when Ronald Reagan, as our president, said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Remember that? Well, they all told him not to say it, but when he did say it, it's almost like God had put that in the president's heart to make that declaration. Now, it would be another year or a little longer before the, the, the wall, the Iron Curtain actually came down that began to open up, you know, uh, uh, to the west. 
and the Soviet Union began to uh, fragment and finally began to be pulled down, the old Soviet empire. But I had a friend who's today still a missionary in Belgium, and before the wall came down, right before it came down, he had a group of small German uh, school children that went to the Berlin Wall there on the west side of the wall and were praying that President Reagan's declaration would become a reality. Probably President Reagan didn't even think about what he was saying, but I think he was making really an apostolic statement. And uh, that got things moving. Well, these this little small group of Christian uh, West German school children literally laid their hands on that wall in prayer of agreement with what President Reagan had said, but also in agreement with God's will to be done for the wall to come down. A few days later, after they prayed, the first wrecking ball hit the exact spot where they had laid their hands on the wall, and the rest is history. Uh, Some of us then began to go into the old Soviet Union to take the gospel, uh, I was making pretty regular trips over there in the mid, mid-90s or so. But something happened very significantly that might have bearing on what's going on today with the Russian-Ukrainian situation and also the very tense situation between America and Russia at this time. Uh, we had a Bible school in Moscow that was kind of under our apostolic covering, and I was going frequently to teach. One particular time, the director of the school, his name was Pastor Taras Sabalik, who actually became the host to R.W. Shambach. Every time Brother Shambach would go and hold crusades in Russia, Pastor Taras would host him and take care of all the arrangements. So Pastor Taras was over this particular Bible school, and he would change locations of it. He never trusted the old uh, Soviet empire government, and so he had been used to having underground uh, Bible schools for so long. So he just never stayed in one place very long. And so this one particular trip, I didn't know where the Bible school would be. Well, so happened, much to my surprise, he hired or rented a lecture hall on a state-owned Soviet, old Soviet university campus. And I'm going, are you kidding me? You know, I mean, you've gone from moving your Bible school around all over Russia to now you're on a state-owned university campus. And I was just amazed at his sudden change of approach. Well, because we were having the Bible school on a state-owned campus, the KGB sent two KGB agents to monitor everything I was saying that week, and they were sitting outside the door of the lecture hall, which was open so they could hear, and they were under orders by their boss to take notes on everything that my translator said that I said, of course, in Russian, and to record my teaching. Well, these two KGB guys assumed and were even perhaps told that their job was to monitor me so that if I said anything subversive to the government, then the KGB would immediately take action, right? So these two guys were there thinking in that way. Well, there was a young 
a KGB officer and then an older one. The older one was drunk every day on Russian vodka. So he was real open to the Holy Ghost, <laughs> but the wrong Holy Ghost. And, uh, but the, the Bible school students were witnessing to these two agents every day. I would see them there preaching to them. Finally, on the last day of the lecture uh, for the week, a couple of the Bible school students finally talked the drunk KGB guy to come into the lecture hall and sit there so he could watch what God was doing because we would pray for these students every day at the end of this uh, teaching. So he actually was in the lecture hall, sitting about three rows up, and at the end of the day, I'm praying, and I'm praying for people and students, and the Lord says, as I looked up and see him, I see those two Bible school students, these Russian girls standing behind him, and I could see their lips moving as they were praying for this KGB agent. Well, I just felt the Lord said, go up there and help them pray for him. So I did, and I just made my way up, and I stood behind him. He was seated. The, the girls kind of moved off to the right a little bit to give me space, and the Lord said, put your left hand on top of his head, which is kind of rare for me to do uh, normally uh, unless I ask your permission. I'm rare to, rarely going to just slap my hand on top of your head without being invited, and so it was a little out of character for me to do that, but in obedience to the Lord, I just gently laid my hand on top of this old KGB guy's head. When I did, he shook like he didn't like it. In other words, he was saying, I don't want you to do that. My nature would be normally I'd take my hand off, but the Holy Ghost said, keep your hand on and your eyes open. Well, as I got into this prayer time over this KGB guy, I could tell he was resisting with all of his might. He didn't want being prayed for, especially being touched on top of his KGB head. And he didn't like the presence of God that was coming, trying to come on him. And then with my eyes open, I noticed his right hand had been resting on his right leg, and I'm kind of seeing the whole thing from where I'm kind of leaning over him, and I see his right hand make a fist, and then I see it come off his leg and cock downward, and I go, he's going to take a, a punch at me, an uppercut punch, and sure enough, here it comes. He's going to take a swing, and he's got the perfect you know, line of trajectory to my chin, which I'm just like this. And, and I don't mind, and you won't offend me if you don't believe this, but this is what happened. I didn't see the angel, but I felt it swish past me. It must have been standing over here behind me. An angel of the Lord swished past me. I felt it brush up against my right leg as it reached and grabbed the KGB's fist as it was six inches from my chin. And the agent began to struggle. Remember, he's about half drunk on vodka anyway, so he's out there. And, and he's struggling to follow through with the punch, and this angel of the Lord won't let it go. And he's struggling and won't, he can't follow through. So then he tries to take his fist down, and the angel won't let him take his fist down. I'm thinking, let him take it down, please. This is my chin we're talking about here, my teeth. 
the angel wouldn't let him even pull his fist down, and I watched, and this was caught, Sam, on two, remember the old VHS video cameras? They had two of those running and captured this on video of him finally surrendering to the presence of the Lord, and when he did, I could feel the presence of God go right through my hand that was still on his head and into him, and he received a powerful touch from the Lord. He just lowered his hand down, and so, yay, Lord, for your angels. Save me my chin that day. So that's a little of the backstory. So these KGB guys were very efficient in what they were doing, writing it all down. And then at the end of the day, every afternoon, they would take their notes and the audio tape of my teaching to their boss, well, guess who their boss was? The head of the KGB. Do we have this picture? This is General Nikolai Kovalov. He was, at that time, the boss to these two agents. He was the head of the KGB. He served in that position for several years. And then... But the point I wanted to make, under his command, the second in command of the KGB was a young lieutenant colonel by the name of Vladimir Putin, who would later become the head of the KGB after General Nikolai left. Well, what we found out was this general wasn't concerned about me as an American coming and speaking subversively to his nation he had become a Christian secretly and couldn't come to the lecture hall because he's the head of the KGB. So what does he do? He orders two KGB guys to go and write down everything, and at the end of the day, he would take my notes or their notes of my teaching and listen to the audio tapes, and he was so hungry for the Word of God. I was able to teach him the Word of God and didn't even know I was doing it. Isn't that amazing? Well, God has secret, I call them Nicodemus Christians all over the world in, in very high places of authority and governments, even sensitive governments like China and other places that are, have been born again that are secretly seeking the Lord. But because of their political position, they can't say it. This man, put, put General Nikolai back up. I just see, I love his medals. Isn't that something? Anyway... He was so grateful for the Word of God. Now, I couldn't say anything about his name or even that he was the head of the KGB for a long time for his protection. And I'm just really just now able to talk about him by name and showing his picture. But at the end of the week, the last day, he sent a colonel to the lecture hall, and the colonel had a bag in his hand, and it had in it these three hats, these Soviet hats. And the general gave very specific orders to this colonel to tell me this is a gift from our nation representing the three major military forces of the Soviet empire, the, the Soviet army, the Soviet Navy, and the Soviet Air Force. He said, please accept these as signs of our full surrender. Not to America, but to the will of God. He said, we choose to serve God 
And as the head of the KGB, I'm letting you know with signs of my surrender that we want the will of God to be done in Russia. Amen? So I'm thinking this the other day. With all this going on with Russia and Ukraine, I'm thinking, General Nikolai, the head of the KGB, who is over command over Vladimir Putin, at the time, he makes this statement that we want the will of God to be done. These are signs of our full surrender to the will of God for our nation. <clears throat> I was thinking, is it possible that we could come into agreement with General Nikolai's declaration as the head of the KGB over Vladimir Putin and authority to come into agreement with him and say yes and amen, General Nikolai Kovalov, that we want and believe the will of God is going to be done in Russia. Even though Vladimir Putin is in command, he wasn't on that day. This guy was in command. And so I want you to agree with me because we're in a very precarious, dangerous moment right now with Russia. And we're looking at a possible nuclear exchange in the very near future with Russia. So, just like when you open your Bible in the morning, what are you doing? You're taking ancient promises and principles of the Word of God, and you're pulling them forward to your now to become reality in your life now. Now, General Nikolai, though he was the head of the KGB, his word is not infallible like the word of God is, but we can say that his words are still vibrating in creation just like all of our words we speak into the atmosphere. Science has proven there's a created vibration from our words that never stop, that continue on and on. His word, those he's with the Lord now, he's with Jesus now, but when he spoke those words to that colonel in his office at KGB headquarters and sent him there to present these hats as signs of surrender to the will of God, I think his words are still ringing throughout the universe. And I, for one, want to believe that God could take that declaration and honor his prayer, honor his request, and stand down World War III before it happens. Can you come into agreement with that? Amen. Now, listen, I'm not exaggerating this. We are at a critical moment with Russia right now. And frankly, between us girls, uh, with our administration that is in place in Washington today, uh, I don't really believe and have a lot of confidence in wisdom of earthly or, or human choices in this matter. In other words, the enemy could try to do this in run to bring a conflict that could cost the lives of a whole lot of people that may be a war out of season and premature. So would you just Agree with me in prayer, and after the meeting today, if you want to just walk by and lay your hands and say, Lord, we just pull the declaration of the head of the KGB, General Nikolai Kovalov, forward to this moment. Let his desire and his prayer be answered for Russia right now, that Russia would not be destroyed but be restored and brought back into an alignment with you. Amen? 
So, Father, we believe for that right now. We come into a moment of agreement that, Lord, you would bring a subduing authority from heaven into earth, that you would stop a war that is out of season. We bring Russia into an alignment. We say, Lord, let there be out of this conflict such a hunger for God, just like was in General Nikolai in 1997, his heart burned in hunger for the Word of God to go to the trouble he did to have the Word of God in writing and on audio tape that he could learn and, and draw closer and closer to you. Lord, I pray that you give him that desire of his heart. Bring Russia into the perfect plan and timetable uh, for the will of God, and we all agree in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Good, good. So there you go. I think that's kind of part of what church is all about, is uh, we should come into these moments of authoritative session in the name of the Lord and command the things that are in the earth that are out of order to start coming into order. It's kind of like, have you ever been to a good chiropractor that knows how to do a little adjustment, crack a few bones, but boy, it feels good after things are lined up. God's wanting to crack a few bones today and get some things lined up. Amen? I think we need a little of that in Washington too. Amen. All right. Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. I'd like to look at that with you short for just a few minutes here, and then we're going to pray together. <clears throat> Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, it's in the Bible somewhere. <laughs> My Bible's all falling apart, and I put pages back in the wrong places, and it needs a Bible hospital. I hear there's one in Waco, actually. I can send it down there, and they can fix it. All right, Philippians chapter 2, love this. Beginning with verse 5, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be God or to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Now, look at verse 9. Therefore, everybody say therefore. <laughs> Why is this that saying to but therefore because of what we just read? What he's about to say is there because of what, he, what we just read him say. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on the earth and of those under the earth. So, so it's describing the three realms of existence in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. So he has given him the name above every name in all three dimensions of existence. <clears throat> Amen. 
that and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. So for a moment I want to talk to you about the name. Now, some translations when it says these verses, it says that the Father has given him a name. And if your Bible says that, take a pen and draw through the word a and write the word the because the Greek says that God gave him not just a name because it could be just any old name, but he gave him the name, the name above all other names. So he was very specific when he so highly exalted Jesus, he, he gave him the name, not just a name. That makes all the difference in the world to me because if it was just a name, it could just be any old name. But he gave him the name, the unchangeable name. The eternal name. Amen? And at the name, every other thing that has a name in all three realms of existence must recognize the authority of the name. And those tongues of those things have to confess that he is Lord above all. So to confess means to acknowledge or to agree fully. It means the Lord is the one who is supreme in authority. Amen? Now, think about this. Every disease, every sickness has a name. Science, medicine has named every known disease there is. And some of those names become very intimidating. The name of cancer can sometimes strike terror in someone, either because they've had it or a loved one has died with it, or for some reason, cancer strikes fear into the hearts of many people. And yet, cancer is just simply another name. Leukemia is a name, a form of cancer. But Jesus was so highly exalted above everything, above all other names, that Father gave him the name above all of those names. That at the name, those things have to bow their knee to the name above all names. So when you're thinking about a sickness or a disease... You just, first of all, need to see that, number one, it doesn't bear the name. It just bears a name. It might be a big, long name that you might not even be able to pronounce, but it still is simply a name. But God has so highly exalted him, given him the name. See, that's why it's important to get that part right. So mark it out if you've got an A there. It's in the Greek, it's the name. Hallelujah. There's no other name in heaven or in earth or under the earth, in all three realms of existence. No other name that can compare to the name above every name. 
When I pray for the sick, I'm thinking this way when I'm praying. I'm going, wait a minute. You know, this, this sounds bad in the natural, and maybe some would say, yes, it is. I mean, I pray for terminally ill people. One time I was praying in Grove, Oklahoma, for a woman. She was the head of the prayer ministry of the church. Godly woman, loved the Lord, but she was dying with, in stage four cancer. And you know what? The pastor brought her down to the altar and asked me to pray for her. And I started praying, Sam, my usual prayer of healing, God have mercy. She's the head of the prayer team. You know, I was trying to tell God and talk him into showing some kind of mercy to her just because she was a wonderful woman of God, right? So as I'm trying to convince God that she's worthy of a healing, he interrupts my prayer. In the middle of my prayer, she is on her knees in the altar receiving something from God, and God's interrupting my prayer. How dare he? But he did it because he wanted to teach me something, and he taught me something at that moment by asking me a question. He said, do you know what a miracle of healing really is? I said, Father, can we talk about this later? This dear lady needs a miracle. He said, I'm trying to show you something. I said, no. How many of you know when God asks a question, it's not because he's looking for information. He wants to get your eyes open to understand something. So I said, Lord, no, tell me what a healing really is. He said it's not primarily a need issue at all because that's what this lady was. She was representing a personal need that she had that if she didn't get an answer to her prayer to be healed, she was going to die. She was in stage four cancer. He said, it is not primarily a need issue. He said, it is a governmental issue. And I go, wow, now wait a minute. Now, I stopped praying, and she's still waiting for me to finish my prayer. But God's talking to think about things that I've never even considered. He said, it is a governmental issue. Then he reminded me of every time when Jesus would pray for the sick or even cast a demon out of somebody, he would make this, this announcement, behold, the kingdom has come upon you, or the kingdom has come near you. Well, kingdom is a governmental term. It's, it means the dominion of a king or the government of a king or entity of authority. He said, you were being destroyed by a foreign occupant government that had come in and taken command, and you called it sickness, but really what it was was a government structure that came in and took over. He said, what I was doing was announcing a regime change, a coup d'etat, that I had dethroned one government called sickness and installed my father's benevolent government in its place. And behold, the kingdom came on you, but you didn't know, but that's what was going on. So the Lord taught me an important lesson that day. I ended up finishing my prayer, and God did do something very powerful for the lady. But I had to see this is a governmental action. Every time we come in the name, 
were coming in the full authority of the name, backed by the government of God called his kingdom with a whole bunch of angels if necessary to deploy into a situation and to take command over these powers that have these lesser names. Lesser names. Amen? And you feel healed and better, but it wasn't a neat issue to begin with. It was a governmental issue. So the name. He has been given the name. Not just over sickness, but over anything. Even circumstances. You can call any situation Whatever its name is, it doesn't matter because there is a name that is the name. You can pull circumstances into and under the authority of the name. And that's what we just did regarding Russia. We pulled something that has a name but not the name under the name. Amen? Amen. And I tell you, when I pray and I say the name of Jesus, I'm looking and thinking, this is a governmental action right here. When you go into prayer in the name, you have invoked the full legal authority of heaven out of heaven into the earth and right smack middle into your situation. And there's nothing the enemy can do about it if you believe all right, that's good. The name, the name. How about the blood? The blood. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, really quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Hallelujah. There's, there it is. What am I looking for, babe? 18, yeah. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. When the blood of the Son of the living God came down the timber of the cross into the ground, It wasn't the blood of an ordinary man. It was the blood of His majesty. And you know know that message. It's royal blood that Jesus shed. It's precious blood because it was His only begotten Son. If it was one of many sons, we wouldn't be talking about it being the blood. But it is the blood, the precious blood of his only begotten son. It was holy blood in that he was the lamb without spot or blemish. His blood was a special blood, a precious blood, and a holy blood. It was willing blood because nobody took it from him, not even the Roman Empire. When they said, You know, they came to arrest him in the garden, and he said, I am he. All those Roman soldiers with their weapons fell back onto the ground because he was the one who bore the name that was greater than the name of Caesar over in Rome. That blood is powerful blood. 
It is cleansing blood. It is forgiving blood. Aren't you glad that the same blood that saves you also cleanses you from the residue of leftover stuff? from your sins that may have been forgiven, and yet there's carryovers, there's residue, there's leftovers, there's old mindsets that can still be present in our life, and yet the one who bears the name and shed the blood has been able to cause that blood to not just forgive you of your sin, that's your legal problem, but he also cleanses you from all the unrighteousness connected to it. Thank God for cleansing blood. Amen? And how about healing blood? Oh, my. By His stripes we are healed. And then one other thing before I close. We've talked about the name, the blood, and the power. The power. Look in James chapter 1 really quick. Oh, my goodness. You know, sometimes I just like to teach on the blood and the cross just to stir up the enemy, you know, just to remind him. He doesn't like to hear about the blood, the name, and the power. And sometimes it's just good to state it and say it. The power. James chapter 1, verse 17, every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. This is an interesting statement. With God, there is no shadow of turning. I think of it like this, that, you know, in the old days before watches and cell phones, they had the old and antiquity. Uh, antique type uh, sundials. Sometimes they would put a stick in the ground and they would, they would tell the time of day not just by watching the sun move but watching a shadow turn on the ground. As the sun would rise, the shadow of the stick sticking perpendicular down into the ground would, would turn on the ground. And you could walk and see what time of the day it was by looking at the position of the shadow of the stick. It's the principle of a sundial setup. I think when I read this, and there's probably other meanings that this can mean, but for me, I think of the fact God is always so omnipotent, reigning in such almighty power. He is always at the zenith and the pinnacle of his power. He's always at the high noon position of his power and authority. And that because he's over over us at the highest place, there's no shadow turning on the ground. Because that's the only time of the day with a sundial you don't see a shadow is because the sun is directly over in the highest position, and is shining straight down and not casting a shadow. God's always reigning in his authority and power from the highest position. He can't get any higher because he's at the highest. That's what omnipotent means. It means all-powerful. And all-powerful can't get any more powerful. Amen? So I want to say to you today, you and I have the privilege and the awesome blessing in our life to be ones that 
walk under the name, not just any old name. We are cleansed and forgiven by the blood, and we walk in the power of the blood, and we are given the power to bless our lives and to bless others, and might even have some power and authority left over to pull an international situation that is out of order back into a righteous order. Amen? We have that authority. And guess what? Whoever has authority gets to be in charge. And here's the way the enemy does this. If he knows you don't know who you are in Jesus, and if he knows you don't know your true identity as kings and priests under the Lord, then he has you nullified and neutralized just like you didn't have it, right? Just like if I put a million dollars, which I wish I could, into Chris's bank account so he and Lisa could have a great vacation, He's never going to benefit from it until he knows it's in the account. He can't draw from something he doesn't know is in his account. Listen, God has made divine, eternal dividends, investments, and deposits into your account. And when you start drawing off of it, then that's when the enemy gets nervous, right? So you have been blessed and I have been blessed. We're going to see nations. Watch what happens. The Lord spoke to me this week. He is setting up the dominoes now. Dominoes are being set in a perfect timed order so that he's going to thump the first one, the first one's going to knock over the next one, and then that one, and it's going to go... And God is going to take what looks like a mess and thump the first domino, and things are going to come into alignment in the earth for his glory. Amen? Amen. Now, pray for us because, you know, what I've, God, for some reason, and I don't understand why, but he likes to use me with presidents and prime ministers and kings around the world, and uh, I've been invited to speak in New York in September, September 11th through the 14th at the United Nations to a group of world leaders that are, who are asking for more training on how to govern their nations righteously. Isn't that good when presidents start asking that question? Amen. So I'm taking my spiritual father, Jim Hodges, from Dallas with me because this is way too big of an assignment for me. And we're going to teach those world leaders in a private gathering at the UN building, not in the general session, but private room. We're going to train and teach them for a couple of days how to govern their nations righteously. We've already been doing it with some of them in their nations. You know, in the nation of Ghana, <clears throat> West Africa, he will, the president of Ghana will be there. He's bringing the next guy that's going to run for president because he's finishing his final term. What we've been doing in Ghana, Sam, is building a 20-year presidential line of order in sequence because one president in, in even two four-year terms can't bring the type of change needed to a nation. So we're building a probably a 30-year timeline of presidential presidents or, or godly presidents in the nation of Ghana. So that president's bringing the next guy so we can get him ready to win his election uh, in two years so, so Ghana can continue to be the most stable and prosperous nation in all of West Africa. 
So you have a part in that. Add me to your prayer list, if you will, because I need your prayers. And Chris, God bless you, and Lisa. And I'm going to ask you to stand in his presence with me just for a minute. Go ahead and fire that music up for just a moment. So I just want to pray for you because we're, we're, uh, we're really pretty much out of time here. But can I just say a prayer for you? Amen. God is so good. He's so much better than I thought he was going to be. I don't know. When you when did you get saved, Sam? 72. I got saved the year after you in 1973. And when I got saved, I didn't know how good he actually was going to turn out to be. Right? I'm still learning and finding out things about him that, that make him even gooder. Right? We're going to need heaven's eternity to spend to discover all the goodness of God. Come on now. I'm not going to get to heaven and ask where Apostle Paul was so I can ask him all my theological questions. By that time, I don't care. Right? I'm not going to go looking for Aunt Betsy. You know, I'm going to be at the feet of Jesus for like the first gazillion years just looking at his detail, things I couldn't see on this side of eternity, but I'll have eyes that are eternally open and glorified. I can see. It's going to take a long time to see everything good about God. Oh, but we've got a good head start, don't we? Amen. Well, I want to just pray for you. Today, if you're here or you're watching online, this is your moment in the truest sense of that that phrase, this is your moment. God created it for you today so that no matter where you are and whatever you're going through, no matter what you've done or haven't done, to, do, to Him it doesn't matter because today the only thing that really matters to God is that you will receive Him and yield to Him. You don't even have to go back and fix things. Some people spend their life going back and trying to fix stuff. Let God fix it all. And He just needs you to make a fresh commitment right now to the name above every name. That includes the name of all addictions. Whether you can drink it down your throat or shoot it in your veins or look at it on your computer doesn't matter because God gave him such a highly exalted name, the name. And I pray God today that someone watching or someone here would be able to come into the full impact of the name and that every other name of every other issue, be it addiction, sin, unrighteousness, fear, unbelief, thoughts of suicide, all of those other names, those lesser names will bow knee to the name. And even sickness and disease. I command diseases and sickness and even injuries to bow their knee to the name. And because of the blood, the royal blood, by His stripes, we are healed. Not maybe will be, but were healed. And I pray for the release of the power of the Holy Ghost today upon each of us, that you would fill us with that power that we 
cannot even fully understand or contain, but we know it is the greatest of all power in all of creation. Let the Holy Spirit fill you today with a fresh measure of His presence and power. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening.